Welcome to Vinylize. I'm Mark Sykes. And I'm Alex Sykes. Thanks for being my co-host this week, Alex. Uh, who's running the show, though, if you're here? Are we going to be okay? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I feel like I'm looking in like a youth mirror right now. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Sharing new music with your friends is fun. Sharing music with your kids? Well, that's magical. Great albums can make washing the dishes exciting. They can be lifesavers on long car rides. Family sing-alongs, dance parties, and campfire acoustic sessions create lifelong memories. Nothing is sweeter than the day your child takes an interest in your music collection. Maybe you even make them a playlist. Eventually, the turntables turn, and they want to share new music with you. Finally, hearing which bands excite them is where this vinylized session begins. So let's drop the needle on this week's album. Finalize and send it to me. Realize the songs that set you free. This week on Vinylize, we are talking about Islands Disappear by Said the Whale. Released October 13th, 2009, this album was recorded in four spots around Vancouver, British Columbia, starting in February 2009. The studios were Ogre Studio, Vertical Studio, Mushroom Studio, and The Menagerie with the majority of the album being recorded over 10 days at one of the studios and the rest being recorded over 30 days at the other three. Unfortunately, the specifics of which studio for which time isn't mentioned in the vinyl write-up where I got this info from. The band at the time consisted of Ben Wooster, Tyler Bancroft, Jason Brown, and two members that are no longer with the band, Spencer Shewing and Peter Carthers. A quote from the 2019 repressing of this album mentions how this album is the sound of a band finding its way. And just like it says in the sleeve, I couldn't agree more. Apparently, a lot of people agree with this, because not only is this written in the repressing, but two years after this album's release, Said the Whale won the 2011 Juno Award for New Group of the Year. Personally, Said the Whale is a really important band to me. Since finding their music, I've developed a really strong connection to tons of their songs, and needless to say, they hold a special place in my heart. This album oozes the feeling of being Canadian. It captures the vibe of the West Coast, and it's filled to the brim with references of the outdoors. It's homey and warm, and makes any cold winter's day just a tad brighter. So without further ado, let's dive in. So, what did you think of this album? I know Said the Whale is a new band for you. I really like it. I love that you're sharing new music with me. I like that it vibes with me. It reminds me of other bands that I've shared with you, like The Weaker Thins and Hayden, Tegan and Sarah. The storytelling is amazing. The music behind it, um, it sucks you in. Um, it's kind of like a tide, you know? It, yeah. it comes to you and then it leaves. Each song comes to you and leaves and it keeps bringing new treasures from the sea. Um, and I've never been to Vancouver. I've always wanted to go. So, you know, when I get to watch the Olympics from there or I get to hear an album that was recorded there and, and stories being told about those places, I, I feel like I'm there. And I, I feel like it's a really important part of Canada that I'm missing out on. So I'm glad that people are sharing it with me through their art. Um, I think this is a great album. 13 solid tracks. Um, there's a couple of places where I feel like I maybe get off track because I haven't listened to it enough but I think with further listens those songs that get off track will 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 start landing with me better totally I actually really want to go to Vancouver as well I think some of that is from this album but let's also go to Vancouver it's just, 
road trip <laughs> i actually think this album is really it makes me want a road trip you know yeah. with the song titles and the lyrics i just i want to see where they're talking about i want to see what inspired them to sing about these places and yeah i totally the songs are coming and going just like a wave you know just like on the west coast and so they're they're an indie rock band i hadn't really heard from them i think Maybe on the radio, I may have may have heard um, Camillo, the magician. Yeah, that's one of the most popular songs. That that song sounded familiar, but none of the other songs I, I, I'd heard before. Um, and I just found it a, a really interesting ride. Like I don't think there's songs on there that are a waste of time. You know, sometimes you get a band where you know you could get rid of like three or four songs. It's that's not the case with this album. It's 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 really well done. I think every song is important on this album for its own reason you know you can tell that they really thought about it and they've talked about it in concerts i've seen them in before and they have so many songs they have a huge catalog and some of those songs are unreleased because they picked the best songs for the album oh so they must have been in a really um creative place when they were creating this album that they could actually say nope this song doesn't fit we'll save it for later or we're just going to put it you know on a re-release or a b-side totally yeah. So it's four studios that they recorded in. Yep. Um, maybe that's because this is their second album and they're still working day jobs. And so finding time to record is when they've saved up enough money uh, to lay down a couple of songs. Would you agree with that? I think so. Like it's like I said in my intro, they recorded for 10 days in one of the studios in Vancouver. They sort of had a, a block of 10 days to record. But mm -hmm. then the rest of the album was mostly put to not mostly put together i should say they were doing tweaking and adding and taking away elements for another 30 days in the other three studios you know so they obviously didn't have the time to just sit down and record this album in two weeks you know or whatever and the label is hidden pony records which i can only imagine is like an independent uh vancouver I, label i think that maybe i believe now said the whale is under uh i think they're called arts and crafts okay don't quote me on that right this album i think may have been published under be good oh okay which is maybe an independent label i'm not totally sure actually okay. I, I maybe should have looked into that more that's all right and and howard howard is their producer and he's worked with a ton of different canadian artists that i love tegan and sarah mother mother dear rouge 5440 so he brings a lot of knowledge um to this band when he's recording with them and he's producing for them yeah totally and i i think it's clear that i mean they're lovely musicians and seeing them live you guys have talked about this before on vinylized like you don't miss out when you see them live you're not missing anything I watched a documentary called, um, I think it's called Winning America, and it's about yeah. their tour through the U.S. And, you know, they've just got their tour van. You know, they're in debt. You know, they're quitting their day jobs to go and do this. It's really exciting. But you can see how humble they are as mus musicians. Uh, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a really lovely documentary. I think it gives a really good insight onto who they are as a band, if you don't know them, if you how haven't been following them. How would you react to the mustarding in that video? The drummer gets like totally caked and mustard in like a party. What, how would you react to that? Would you be mad? I don't even know what I would do. I think I would be so confused if I was standing on the street and just had mustard in my face. I, I think my I think my day would totally have been ruined. Yeah. Why is, why is the band called Said the Whale? Why do you think it's called Said the Whale? Or maybe you know. 
That's a really good. I actually don't know. I okay. wonder if it's something to do with whale watching oh, in okay. in Vancouver. I know that whale watching is a thing out uh, west, so maybe there's something to do with that. It's pretty interesting. It caught my eye when I first saw the band. I was wondering if maybe it's because um, it said is the first word, so it almost right. sounds like it's like a folk tale. And they the, the songs that I'm hearing on this album tell a lot of great stories. So it's almost mm-hmm. like said the whale is kind of like a, a folk tale for great storytelling and like you know being really smart storytellers. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's why it's said the whale. We don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Mystery. We're taking a guess. Okay. What about Little Islands mystery. Disappear? So the album album is called Islands Disappear. Why do you think it's called that? Yeah. After their sixth track on the album. Yeah, okay. Right? Islands Disappear. Yep. I'm not entirely... I know why the song is called that. Okay. Um, Which maybe we'll get into later. Okay, sure. Uh, I don't know why they chose this title for the album, though. What about the album art? Maybe that will lead us into why it's uh, called Islands Disappear. So the, the, the cover has an island. It's kind of yep. like... Uh, it's kind of an art that's like pieced together of different pictures almost it looks like or like yeah, rough it's like drawings. A little, uh, like a collage. Yeah. And the yeah. water level is low. The tide is out and you can yep. see the island. And when the island is there, you can see people on the water. You can see a whale. Um, there's a yep. lot of interesting things. But if the island disappears and the tide goes away, you don't get to see any of those. You might not get to see any of those things anymore. Yeah, the album cover is a really interesting mishmash. It totally catches my eye. I keep it on my desk, the vinyl, just because I love the artwork. Um, it's it's kind of wacky, but it's kind of fun. Another reason, which maybe this is getting a little bit into the song, is okay. Vancouver is surrounded by a lot of islands. Yes. And so when mist comes over, when there's misty coast, and Vancouver is notorious for being rainy, and I would assume that would mean misty, the right. islands disappear. Ah, which okay. is kind of getting into why the song is called that, which we'll get into more later. But so, so maybe maybe the album is a bit of a mystery. You know, what's yeah. underneath the water when the tide comes in, or what's on that island when the fog makes it disappear? Okay, I can deal with that. Frankly, I think it's a really interesting name. I think it really catches my eye. Oh, for sure. You know, looking at the other names uh, of songs on this album, they're all really interesting and exciting. But nothing quite makes me want to dig deeper than Islands Disappear. I just thought of something. Oh? Yeah, this is this is Eureka. So this this album is about touring Canada in some some ways, right? Like we get to yep. visit a bunch of provinces. What about the idea of if you were on a boat and you were leaving, like, you know, if you were leaving Europe a long time ago, like in the 14 or 1500s, yep. eventually the island would disappear and you would be on this adventure out in the out in the sea. So when an island disappears, it's like there's no turning back. You're on your journey. And I know, you know, we're talking about Vancouver and Canada in the 21st century, but maybe it's that idea of like they're leaving, you know, where they're from, you know, their rock, their hometown is no longer there. It's disappeared because they're getting bigger than their hometown. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of exciting. That's a very like hopeful and like, I like that. Okay. I really like that. So you own the vinyl. I don't. And I always like to take yep. a guess at where the vinyl break would be. Um, I think it happens after the song Island Disappear. So after track six and then track seven, Black Day in December would start side B. Am I right? I So I have the deluxe version of this album that was Ooh, repressed in 2019. <laughs> so it actually has three extra tracks on it. Okay. 
that were recorded around the same time as this album, but just didn't make the cut this time. And uh, so the cut on that deluxe version is after Gentleman. Oh, because there's three other tracks. Right. Right, So it it makes it so much longer. But I do agree with you that I think Islands Disappear. It just makes sense. Before it is too early, I think. Yes. And I think that uh, after Black Day in December is too late. And Mm. I think that Black Day in December is a really exciting way to start off the B-side. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this album, shall we, Alex? We shall. Can I mention one thing really quick? No. Okay. (laughs) No, you can, you can, you can. But it can only be one thing. Something that I think is really exciting about music and said the whale in general for me is building connections with the music and getting stories from the songs. And we've talked about how that this album is full of stories. Yes. Uh, and part of why I wanted to cover this band is because I have so many connections with this album. You know, some of the songs make me think of friends or uh, family and in other albums. I totally think of family. Like there's this guy called there's this song called Big Sky Montana. I think of granddad. There's a song. I love you. I think of my brothers. And right. I think said the whale is a really good band at encompassing the connections that you make in music. I love it when you get a band that kind of speaks to every part of your soul and you found yeah. that band, they're giving that to you. And I just, I bet you can't wait for that next album to come out. Like you almost want to knock on said the whale's door and be like, um, hello, you got any more tracks for me? You know, or, or you're like scouring the internet. You're like, I found a B side, you know, and yeah. you're like holding on to it. And you, and you, and when it's a good B side, you're like, Oh yeah, money. Oh yeah. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. So anyway, Let's get into those meat and potatoes. Okay. Mm, I love my meat and potatoes. Did you bring the ketchup? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Song number one is called Dear Elkhorn, uh, which is a place in Manitoba. Sure is. This is the shortest song on the album, running at uh, one minute and 29 seconds. Really? I didn't know that. It's a really calm song. Um, It starts with like a distortion buzz. I think that's an engine. Ah, okay. Because uh, this song is actually written about uh, when the band's van broke down near Elkhorn. No. So I think that the engine noise is of a broken down van. And what's really exciting about that for me is it sort of sets up the idea of an engine running, sets up that vibe of going on a road trip and exploration and tours. And what comes right after it is this huge siren noise a bell okay. maybe oh. you know and it's this it's this huge noise it builds and then it crescendos and then you have this massive thick reverb that just is in your ears for another like eight seconds and i think that the beginning of this song transports me into a totally new headspace that is ready to listen to this album wow so this is why i love vinylized because we passed you elkhorn for me because of the way it started with the distortion and they're talking about a doctor and taking your medicine and being able to leave made me think that this person, Abigail is uh, suffering symptoms of depression. Really interesting. And and she, she can't, she can't get through it unless she takes her, um, you know, her medicine, but then hearing about this broken down van and that, you know, they've passed Elkhorn and then maybe their van has broken down and they're just like, no, we should have just got, I think their van was named Abigail. Um, you know what? I wouldn't put it past them, but that's the part. That's the thing about great songs. Great songs can have more than one meaning. Um, I had thought it was like, you know, a getting out of depression and then to have, we're going to get to the last song on the album, Holly Ontario. 
but to end it with that song with someone leaving home for the first time and if the first song is about depression it's like maybe that's the way that that person gets over their depression but Maybe, yeah. if you're telling me it's about the, the Scooby-Doo van, I'm into it. I'm into it. No, I want to say that I got, I got that from Genius.com. And I don't know if it was a verified source. It okay. does. It makes sense to me, though. Okay. It makes Fair. sense. I know the band was road tripping a lot and going on lots of tours. So the idea of them writing a song about their van breaking down totally checks out to me. I love it. Um, and the, do- the doctor must be the mechanic. Uh, song number two is Out on the Shield. High energy, lots of good drum fills. The piano yeah. rundowns are like creating phrases in the song. Uh, this yeah. So the shield, this must be Ontario. It's talking about the Canadian shield, I think, which I think it is talking about Ontario. Right. Uh, and it's about gold mining, which I didn't actually know that gold mining happened in Ontario. That's what I, confused me. I thought this was in like Alaska or the Yukon. But I did some I did some reading. Did some, oh, some vinylizing, and okay. uh, I found out that in the early eighteen, the, sorry, the late eighteen hundreds and the early nineteen hundreds, yes. mining started to happen in northern Ontario. Ooh. Uh, and these sort of resource communities built up on the Canadian Shield. So the example I have here is called Copper Cliff. Now uh, I don't know if they were getting a lot of gold in Copper Cliff, right? Um, but sort of these resource communities built up, and that makes sense in the context of this song. You know, we never meant to stay here. We built some simple structures. It's sort of talking about these communities being uh, erected. And then it's about mining, really, at the end of the day. But I also think this song is about hope for a better future. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, it's interesting that you talk about this gold rush in the in the 1800s because El- Elkhorn, the town that was mentioned in the first um, song, was actually... Um, founded in 1882 when the Canadian Pacific Railway came through, which would be around the same time as people in Ontario digging for gold. So maybe this whole album is a history lesson that we don't even know about. Um, (laughs) I love the idea of like leaving your home because you're going to go find gold and you have to bring all the equipment. You have to suffer through the weather, the, the Canadian winter to survive. And at the end of the day, you might find no gold, but there's the hope of finding gold. So, you know, the the big line in the song is we were here for the gold. Right. Um, And I think this song has to do about life choices that you've chosen to be there to get gold. And until you get gold, you're not going to leave. So you kind of get stuck in a rut. You know, at some point you need to cut the, the tether and be like, let's get out of here. We're not finding gold. And I think that gold doesn't necessarily need to be literal. It can be metaphorical. Gold is in success. And in that case, the line, I guess it's a few lines. Put a lump of coal in my hand, squeeze it as tight as I can, hope for a brand new diamond. I know it's slight, but it's all I can. It's sort of, you start with this bad situation. You know, you got a lump of coal in your hand and you're squeezing as tight as you can. You're trying your best to get a diamond to get success, but you know that the chance is slight. And, you know, maybe they're even talking about, you know, songs turning into gold, right? At the end of the day, like when we're writing these songs, we want them to be, we're going to stay in the recording studio until we get gold right but we never meant to stay here this long but now we've got this great album uh that's a great song out on the shield you got to listen to it vinylized listeners it moves into song number three which i have three favorite songs on this album and this is definitely one of them super fun lyrics um it's really catchy yeah okay i've got a fact about this song that's gonna blow your mind give it to me so bc orienteering Yes. actually stands for Broken Compass Orienteering. Yes. Not oh. British Columbia. There you go. Okay. So 
that blew my mind a little bit. Uh, yeah. I first found that out. They posted it in Instagram. Right. And so if you have a broken compass and you're orienteering, you're, you may get lost, which is not good. Yeah. And so no. that's kind of what this song is joking around about, that being in the wilderness, you want to get to your 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 point before it gets dark, because if not, you're going to get lost in the woods. And if you are in BC, you could encounter some dangerous animals. Some bears, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like. I do really like that this song brings up bears. It's just, I don't know what it is about it, but it, uh, it sort of adds like a, a, a humor to the song, yeah. I think. Uh, they bring it up twice. My friend Dale recently moved to British Columbia and uh, he's like, oh, there's all these great hiking trails near our new house. And I'm like, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, but uh, you got to watch out for bears and large <laughs> cats. And I was like, what? So then I hear this song and I'm like thinking of my buddy Dale. But this song actually reminds me of us because when you were eight, we went on our first camping trip, just you and I, oh, yeah. uh, to Algonquin Park. And we saw our first moose. Remember that? Yeah, I have a picture of it right behind me. And uh, not only that, but it rained for four days straight. You and I were <laughs> stuck in a tent for four days. I still, if I see the game Battleship, I still like kind of go into like some P PTSD. I'm like, I can't play Battleship anymore. But, you know, just thinking about those outdoor times with you and thinking about hiking with my friends. Um, this is why I love this song. I just think this song is fun. And it reminds me of bands like, you know, Moxie Fruvis and other great yeah. bands that tell fun stories. So I, 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 I love this song. I couldn't agree more. I, this song has like a really special place in my heart. It reminds me of just nature and going on hikes and exploring the world. And I just want to get in there. Yeah. And I think it could be a nice metaphor for just living your life. You know, you never want to travel alone. You know where you're going, even if you have a map. You want to know where you're going. If you have a plan, really know what you're doing. You know, I think it could be maybe a metaphor for life, or maybe it's just a song about hiking. <laughs> Alex, I'm not allowed to sing this song at the house anymore because I just kept singing the the map part over and over and over again. And, and like people at the house were like, oh, we know you need a map. Can you just move on to the next song? Speaking of the next song, uh, Camillo, the magician, is song yeah. number four. Um, it's actually about a real mag magician who is from Said the Whale's hometown. And so they're kind of getting this magician to help them, you know, either woo this girl or make this girl feel better. That's kind of like the storyline of the song. I think it's a plea to see the magic in the world, you know, oh. which I really love. I think there's a lot of hard things happening in the world all of the time. And right. so I think... You know, sometimes seeing the beauty of the little things, of the way the grass moves in the wind or just the nice sky, it can be hard sometimes. And so I think the song is asking Camillo to come in and help Caroline see yeah. the magic of the world. And and this is my rock and roll alternative 90s song for me on the album. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is bringing me back. Uh, it's really catchy. It's definitely a radio favorite. I like... Uh, in the song when he talks about having a two-sided coin that has both has heads. And and the thing that I like about that idea is that if if you are letting a coin choose your fate, you're not in control. But if you have yeah. a two-headed coin, um, you know, if you say uh, heads is we're going to go to the movies and, and tails, we're going to stay home. But if it's a two-sided coin, when you flip it, you automatically know you're going to the movie. So really, you're always making the choice, even though you're pretending that fate is making those choices for you. I, I love cute. it. Yeah, I love this song. There's also this fun line, um, I need to see where you made that card go. Yeah, I love it. And apparently, 
Okay. Uh, Camillo used to do this trick for said the whale where he'd, you know, make you pick a card and he'd shuffle it in the deck and then you'd break a beer bottle and the car would be, card would be inside a beer bottle. I love magic. I really love magic. Like when you told me to watch that magic show on Netflix, like I literally like absorbed that show in like a week. Uh, actually, can so I just good. ask you a question? If you, if you were a clown, <laughs> what would your clown name be? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question i might have to get back to you on that what no you gotta come up with a name like i have to come up, okay you know bobo blinky or would it be like you know ivana laugh or what badidonk <laughs> badidonk okay okay badidonk let's move to song number five well, like, actually i have, can i can i get one more thing on camillo here yes please do annotated by said the whale yeah. on a lyrics page so let's make like enemies and disappear. They annotated disappear. Ah. Four different, three different words, which I think is a little, some interesting wordplay. So you they know? animated it? They an annotated. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Disappear. Disappear. Instead of disappear, like go away, you know, yeah. like yeah. being mean to your friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. Except it's your enemy. Anyway, so song five, Emerald Lake, Alberta. Or yeah. AB, I guess. But it's this song's actually really interesting because it might not be about Alberta. Yeah, I heard that. I heard this this play. They're not really sure where where this song takes place, but it's definitely like a camping song. It's about exploring yep. and enjoying the great outdoors and getting sunburns and camping yeah. with your friends. Yeah. Driving the, with the windows down, your arm hanging out the window. Yeah. Now, regarding where this song is about, there's... I think three different Emerald Lakes in Alberta, but I was reading that some people might think some people think that this song is about a plate called Lake Louise. Oh. And some proof that I have for that is that mm. there's a railroad that runs mm. right past Lake Louise. And one of the lines in the song is, and I think you'll agree that the train tracks are complimentary. You know, but Lake Louise, why wouldn't you just call the song Lake Louise, right? I looked on the map and about, you know, maybe 10, 15 kilometers west of Lake Louise, there is an Emerald Lake, what? but it's in British Columbia. Oh. So who knows? It's is this the tour van in depression again? Is this band that smart that they're like confusing us <laughs> with all these things? I love it. I love it. I think this song is where the bassist Peter and the drummer Spencer really shine. Yeah, agreed. The beginning of this song is just like, yes to the drummer, yes to the bassist. Um, I love the chorus of what a fine life we are living. I just want to skip down the street or go camping, take a deep breath, you know, go canoeing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the idea in the song where they carve their names into a tree and hope that it will grow really tall is yeah. like a way to like put that camping trip in the history books. If that tree can get really big and your name can be like posted in the sky and you can come back with your kids and say, you know, when I came camping here, when I was 18, we carved our names in that tree and look, it's all the way up there now. You know, yeah. I think that would be a really, um, a really neat thing to do. I, I really like the the line about the train tracks are complimentary and, and squishing pennies and kissing girls. I, I just feel like it like really like, that line is so Canadian because squishing pennies is something that you totally do here. You know, have you ever done that? I've definitely done that. On a railway track? Those... Oh, I was actually thinking about a different. You're totally right. It's probably about rail... railroad tracks. But have you ever seen those little machines at like museums? Uh, well, you turn it in and you get your like your, you get your squished penny. It could be that. It could be like when you go to this uh, this uh, national park, you know, you get you get a penny. But yeah, like uh, there was a railway track 
near my house when I grew yeah. up, we used to put like nickels on it and the train would run it over. And then you'd have to go look for the nickels. And like <laughs> when you saw them, they were flat. I think you might be right because the line, I think you'll agree the train tracks are complimentary is I think right before that, right? Or right after it. So it, I think this, you're right. It's Yes, it is. It, it, no, yeah, it says uh, that the train tracks are complimentary, squishing pennies and kissing girls. Yeah. It's totally about putting coins on train tracks. And I think that that's just such a Canadian feel to me. Yeah, I just, I vinyl, I just I vinylized it. your favorite band for you. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> I just got Stupid. in your head. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Islands Disappear is song number six. Um, it's probably my least favorite song on a week really? listen. Uh, I think it's slow pace. It's dare I say artsy fartsy or dramatic and maybe a little depressing, but I think that this song can grow on me. Um, if I keep listening to it, like if I have as many tracks on this album as you have. Yeah. yeah. I love the etherealness of this, this song. It's so big and mysteriously sounding <laughs> um this song is about mist rolling over how sound which yeah. is a spot in bc uh there's a really cool instrument apparently on this album called a on this song called a mellotron oh i was which wondering. Is like a keyboard with some knobs and stuff uh, pretty cool is it glossary time <laughs> it's it glossary be, time. Is, it's glossary time <laughs> that's what i learned about the mellotron it's just this cool little Instagram. Who who plays it on this album? Is it, I actually let me. Is it Jocelyn? I think it's Jocelyn. Uh, plays J it. Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Sorry. I actually it doesn't say on the okay. vinyl repressing. So mystery. Hey everyone, Alex here in the little editing booth that I'm in. Uh, actually, the Mellotron was played by Tom Dobrozansky on this album. After taking a little closer look, I. Uh, I found his name. Now back to your regularly scheduled vinylize. Something that happens in an online concert that they did. Said the Whale's been doing these Zoom concerts. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the concert, Ben talked about how sometimes it can be really hard to explain what a song means. Because it's an ever-changing, it's a living thing. And for this song, you know, Mist coming over how sound isn't something that he's experienced once. It's something that he keeps experiencing over and over mm. again. And I just, I really like the way he talked about the meaning of songs. It's like every, moment. every storm is different. Yeah. You know, and lightning so never changes. strikes twice. Yeah. So every time mm. mist rolls over how sound and he's witnessing it, it, it's a different feeling. I probably would have made the album end with this song, but I, I understand why, you know, having the first side end with this song is good too. I just, I don't know. It kind of takes me out of the vibe. I just feel like the first five songs are just so rocking. I'm like, can we just keep going there? But also having a different sound, you know, breaks up the album. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay it, with that. I think it's a nice lead in to the next song, which is oh. very in your face. Speaking Remember how I said I song? had three favorite songs? This is one of them. The Black Day in December. Song. Oh, so good. So track seven, Black Day in December, it's about a devastating storm hitting Stanley Park in 2006. Yeah. It's such a fun song, you know? And the Stanley soldiers are actually referred to, but they're, it, they're talking about the trees being uprooted and turned over. Yes. yes. I like the idea that mermaids and old men are in the song because it almost sounds like a folktale. Like, we're going to tell you the tale of the storm that came around. I actually think that that's about a mermaid statue that's Ooh, in in the what? water in no. Vancouver, yeah. That's crazy. Which and, I but I still totally agree. Like it gives that nice sort of like 
mysterious like story vibe to the song and there's these rocks that they talk about it's like an outcropping of rocks that you can see from the park I, yeah. Like, I want to go there and just see that. I love that the singer of this song, and I never know who is singing. I don't know if it's Ben or Tyler, but he holds the word December. For so long. For like eight to 16 bars. And I'm just like, that's bold, buddy. But it's also very it's awesome. So good. <laughs> uh, in first year university, actually, I just discovered this band. And we had this sound project where we had to like add sound effects and like music and words to a piece of audio. And I, I chose to do this song because mm-hmm. one, I had just discovered this band. I was like so hyped about them. And this song has some really good auditory imagery, mm-hmm. you know, a big wave on the horizon. Stanley soldiers felled and broken beauty in the park and cars at the heart. It's just, there's lots of little noises that you hear in your head by just them describing it. It's amazing. Uh, Gentleman is song number eight, which is kind of talking about, you know, um, how he wants to be masculine, but how the world won't let him be masculine because he just wants to be uh, a gentleman. And I, yeah. I think this song is really cute. It's, it's a it's a love struck song. I love it when artists, you know, get into like a, a rhythm of writing lyrics like, you know, he's like old soul gentleman. Plain Jane, gentlemen, hold the door, gentlemen, no yeah. good, gentlemen, stupid, boring. And it just keeps going and going. I'm yeah. just like, oh, what else is he going to add? It's kind of funny. Totally. I also I actually think this song is about um, the pressures of masculinity. That's kind of what you you said. But, you yeah. know, the the line, I'm an uncool Canadian kid, odd and aspired by all the popular guys. Most of them are truly irresponsible. They do irresponsible things. I sort of think the popular guys is referring to this traditional idea of masculinity. You know, you have to be tough. You can't show your feelings. You can't cry. You Mm got to be a sport and strong and all of these pressures that are put onto men. And I think maybe this song is trying to show a different form of that. I'm a love struck gentleman. Yeah. You know? All of these different terms. And he's frustrated because he says, you know, because I'm a gentleman, I can never have the gentle woman. You know, he gets stuck with other people, right? I think it's this person who's trying to fit into traditional masculinity, but they also don't want to. And that's not who they are. Yeah, It's a great song. So it's it's a fun, it's some fun ear candy. Song number nine is False Creek Change. And it has to do with the expo in 19... Is it 1986? Yeah. Developing the area around for the expo. So essentially like a small town turns into like a larger, not a metropolis, but, you know, new buildings, new infrastructure to the point where like, you know, when you used to look up, you used to be able to see the mountains and now you just see the walls of buildings, which is kind of sad. So it's like nature being taken away. And uh, one of the things that the band talks about is not being able to afford housing once or twice on this album. And that's kind of what happened in Vancouver, right? This song is about gentrification of Vancouver, you know? You watch the walls of Yale Town grow up over your mountain view. And all of this building that happened after the expo in 86, you know, it really did exploit the shores of False Creek. The All these buildings came up and it forced the people that lived there out because they couldn't afford to live there anymore. Yeah. some In some cases, you know. So I think it's kind of a sad song. I... I really like this song, though. This is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. Ooh, okay, okay. This wasn't on my top three, but I do like it. 
I do yeah. like this song and I like what it's about. And uh, I think it fits in well with the album. Song number 10, A Cold Night Close to the End. Now, this is one of my three. And Paul always teases me. Oh, you always pick these weird songs. You never oh, pick the hits. Song. But I-, I like this idea of these two lovers wanting to get together. So he's going to meet by the window and they're going to take a walk uh, in the winter on a lake in the snow and not make any tracks because it's probably still snowing or the wind's blowing and they're going to stay up all night to try to see the sunrise. This song is like absolutely adorable. Yeah. And they need to survive, right? It's about surviving because they might freeze to death. I think what's one thing that this song does is it romanticizes the cold. Yes. You know, it's really talking about love, but also how that's intertwined with this really cold night. And this is one of those songs that when I'm listening to this album, if I'm like shoveling my driveway or just doing something outside, that it just makes being out there a little bit better. It makes the cold not so harsh. You know, And like the thing about my heart. being cold with your significant other is that you want to get closer to them, right? Yep. And uh, if you are suffering hypothermia, that's what you're supposed to do. So it's almost like yep. this guy has a master plan. Like, hey, have you ever seen the sunrise? <laughs> and she's like, no. Let's do it tonight. It's February. Who cares? And then when they're out there, I'm cold. Come a little closer. Right? Like, it's like, (laughs) it's almost like, yeah. (laughs) It's like the Greg Brady yawn in the movies where you like yawn and then you put your arm around the girl. Uh, This is one song. There's actually a lot of songs in this album that talk about the cold in some way. Right. I think there's, there's three, there's three, including this one. There's A Cold Night Close to the End, the next song, and the last song, and then... Out on the Shield also talks about the cold. So there's a bunch of songs on this album that mention cold. It's sort of a theme in this album. Have you ever stayed up all night to watch the sunrise? I actually haven't. Oh my gosh, you got to do that, buddy. Um, well, I've seen the sunrise. I've woken up early no, enough no, no, to no, see no. it, but I haven't stayed up. That's different. You're like, because <laughs> right. when, you, when you stay up to see the sunrise, you're carrying yesterday with you into the next day. Very true. And so it's really interesting. When I climb Mount Fuji... We were freezing cold on the side of the mountain, hoping to see that sunrise when we got to the top. So we started climbing at eight at night. We climbed all night, freezing yeah. cold. And when we got to the top, it was foggy. We didn't get to see no. the sunrise. It was like the islands were disappearing. <laughs> but we still climbed a mountain. And it was it so was funny. Cool. And in the middle of the night, you could hear people taking aerosols because the air was getting thin. Yeah. Which the air was not getting thin. It sounded like people were eating like whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. I digress. Um, Eleven is a gift of a black heart. The song is so funky and fun. It builds really well. I find this song starts a little slow, and it by the end it's like really strong and powerful. And you, I don't really notice it getting there, but at the end I'm like, whoa, what happened? Where am I? Is there a Glockenspiel in this song? That's a good question. There might be. I just whenever I think I hear a Glockenspiel, I have to say Glockenspiel. There is two people on this album credited with the Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. There's 19 so. other people who are on this, or nine other people who are on this album, eh? That aren't yeah, I know. Like... Tons of people helped out with this. <laughs> Not... Tons of people helped out with this album. It's like, we got four people who are just going to do some choral singing here, and this person's going to play uh, yeah. you know, a horn or whatever. It totally paid off, though. Oh, it, it totally did. So good. Um, it almost feels like this guy's falling in love with a goth girl. Or like, is she a witch? Is she into the black art? Like, what is going? Is it? Is he actually just talking about Mother Nature? I, I don't, know. don't know. I'm actually. I was curious about what your thoughts on what a black heart is because for me, I uh, at first I think about you know evil, bad things, death, 
but maybe it's someone who's been hurt and they're getting better. You know, there's the lines, the beauty of a black heart, the beauty of someone that's damaged. The light is you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe becomes a hopeful thing for someone who is hurt. It, it could be like, you know, the heart is in the shadows. So it's someone who's not always like the person who's, you know, always in the front of the group. So he's interested in someone who's more shy, who's more like off to the side. She's got like a shadowy heart. Maybe her heart is poisoned. Maybe it's rotten. I don't know. I don't think it's that. Um, He also says, I watch your sunset, which is interesting because the song before is talking about a sunrise. Yeah. I, you know, I think the line, I watch your sunset for me fills in that gap of like, this song is about someone who's hurt. Yeah. I think he's seeing the beauty in this person when they don't see the beauty in themselves. Exactly. And that's the the black heart, you know, they're in their hurt in some way and they can't see how great they are. The light is you, the get the beauty of a black heart. And I see your sunset is like watching them sort of maybe go into a worse place. Finalize. Good night. Moon is song number 12. It's based on that, uh, that children's book, right? Yeah. By Margaret Wise Brown. The first few lines, at least the first verses. And then the rest of the song sort of isn't really about that anymore. Um, I like the idea of this line that says, you know, you've got so much love. I love yep. when you know those people who just have so much love to give. Um, did you ever read the 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 joke of the Goodnight Moon book called Go the F to Sleep? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, finalized listeners, if you haven't, definitely check that out. Go the F to Sleep. I'm not going to say that word, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, so there's a part where it says, que sera, sera, what will, what will be, will be. But that's actually not the lyric they're actually saying, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. What's interesting is it actually has a double meaning. Because yeah. okay, Sarah, Sarah is, I think, French for whatever will be, will be. Ah. So okay. it sort of has this, it's like a, I think a double entendre is the mm. word. Uh, it sort of has this double meaning where it's okay, Sarah, Sarah, or okay, Sarah, Sarah, which right. is whatever will be, whatever will be, which is the next line. Okay. So uh, the song also has a ukulele on it. I, yeah, I like the ukulele. I think it's a nice way to start wrapping up the album. And uh, it's a nice song. It's a nice, I, I want to like lay down and close my eyes and meditate when I listen to this song. It's a, it's a fun moment in, in the Said the Whale concert where Tyler pulls out the ukulele. And everyone's like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I actually remember him <laughs> saying in a concert, I don't think he, I don't remember if he never liked the book, but I feel like I remember him saying he doesn't actually like this book. Oh. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Um, he, I know he has, I think, a couple kids, so I, I don't know. Maybe he read it too much to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of it myself, but I do like looking for the mouse on every page. Um, and I do <laughs> love this song. Okay, uh, song number thirteen is Holly Ontario, which at first I didn't yeah. know what that meant, and then it, it turns out that Holly was their tour manager. Yeah, Holly is someone that the band knows. Yeah, and um, it, but the song references someone at eighteen who leave his home, leaves home for the first time, and doesn't want to connect with their family anymore. And there's a part where they talk about burying a a phone yeah, in the snow lake. on a lake. So like when the lake melts, yeah. the communication will sink, and then yeah. do you disappear? Are you an island disappearing at that point? <laughs> I've got some right? vinyl eyes for you. I'm gonna vinylize Ooh. you right now. Um, one fun fact about Holly, who the band knows, is she's actually mentioned in another song by Said the Whale called Strong oh. Swimmers, which was released on an EP uh, called Bare Bones in 2010. So she's yeah. mentioned a couple times in their songs. And actually, this song is about traveling through 
northern Ontario, clearly Ontario. Uh, and it's about traveling, how you used to be able to travel through northern Ontario. And for days, you wouldn't have any reception because there was less satellites. Oh. And so I think that's sort of intertwined with this feeling of, you know, leaving home for the first time and you, you don't have any connection. You're traveling mm. through Ontario and how maybe that's peaceful. And this kind of links to my idea of like a boat leaving a harbor and yeah. leaving and like you'd see the island disappear. Like, you know, Holly Ontario has left, you know, and maybe she's left the band. She's their tour manager. They're ready to, to this album is ready to go out to the world. It's going to be a huge success. It's going to win them a Juno, you said? Uh, it did. So they after they came back right. from South by Southwest in 2011, mm-hmm. they won their uh, Juno Award, which actually, fun fact about that, tr- the Tragically Hip won the same award as them 21 years earlier in 1990. And, Whoa. you know, we've talked about the Tragically Hip here on this podcast. So I thought that was a fun little fact about them. Um, but yeah, so this album and their recognition growing... You know, their first album, How Sound slash Taking Abalonia, also is a really great album. So we've got to check out more of these vinylized listeners. Is there any, like, is there one or two more tidbits that you need to, like, say? Because we've wrapped up the album. Uh, but before we get to the epic playlist, is there anything else you want to want to say about this album? I don't know if I got anything right now. I feel like okay. I feel like we've done a really good deep dive in all these songs. I love it. So I want to say that, uh, wait, wait, Tyler or Ben used to work at a marina. Yeah, Tyler used to work at tugging boats uh, on tugboats. And did you know uh, you can hear a tugboat on this album? Really? What's Yeah, if you read the liner notes of the album, it actually credits all like these nine artists that are on the band, on the oh, album. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it also says a tugboat. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. Don't you love that? I love it. I wonder where I wonder where that is. I don't know. Or but... I wonder if like maybe something like maybe an idea came to him on the boat. Well, but no, but you can hear a tugboat on, you can hear a tugboat on the album. So it's like the Where's Waldo of Islands Disappear. You need to now (laughs) listen to the album and see if you can hear a tugboat or multiple tugboats. What do you think the odds are that's the engine at the beginning of Dear Elkhorn? I don't, oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Tugboat motor? Interesting. So So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was going to move into the Epic Playlist. I know it's your you 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 picked this out. I was going to say the same thing. Let's just keep talking over each other. Blah 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 blah. (laughs) Okay, um, so it's your album. I get to pick the song. I'm very curious as to what you pick because for me, I've known this album for a long enough amount of time that I would have a very very hard time picking because for me, all of these songs are perfect for different moments. Okay, and so you know, I I've got three that I'm thinking of. Um. But uh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Camilla Camillo, the magician. Oh, the, yeah, I, the popular single. Well, I think I think it fits well with the other songs on the al- on the playlist. I would Fair. also say that BC um, orienteering, a black day in December, and you know, a cold night close to the end are great songs to put on playlists. But it has to be the right playlist for the right person, Agreed. right? Agreed. Like if you've got a friend who loves storytelling music, then put on BC Orienteering, right? If you yeah. want a song with with great visuals and like just really great instrumentation, then a Black Day in December. And if you know if you're falling in love with someone and you want to put like a really nice romantic mix together, then a, a Cold Night Close to the End is the song to put on there. Totally agree. 
I'm the master of mixtapes or CDs <laughs> or playlists or whoever you listen to your music. Alex, this has been so much fun hanging out with you. Um, thank you for sharing your music with me. With another song added to our epic playlist on Spotify, that brings us to the end of the Said the Whale Islands Disappear Vinylized Session. Check out related videos and interesting links on our Facebook page. We'll talk to you next time when we pick a new album and we tempt you to vinylize. I've been waiting.